All right, ladies and gents, we are back for another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is a place where your Second Amendment is protected as long as you got the facts. As always, this is your host, L. Jamal. Tonight, we don't have a deep show in terms of broad topics, but the, the topics that we are going to be talking about, they're going to be going pretty in-depth. Um, Definitely some high-quality stories you need to be listening to here. Uh, it's definitely starting with this one, uh, with the word on the street. Now, some more drama. Now, this doesn't have to do with Trump per se, but definitely somebody in his former you know, circle, somebody who used to do dealings with him. Now, this is uh, his former attorney, Michael Cohen. Now, he's been charged on eight counts. Now, those uh, eight counts include tax fraud and uh, bank uh, providing false bank statements. Also, through this investigation, there were there was information that was uncovered um, that led to payments basically for suppressing information. Now, this was done with the help of Trump and David Pecker, the CEO of America, um, American Media Incorporated. This is the same conglomerate that owns uh, the Esquire magazine, or I'm sorry, not the Esquire, but National Enquirer, so on and so forth. Now, according to quotes found in the investigation, it said he acted to keep information that would have been harmful to the candidate and the campaign from becoming public during the 2016 election cycle. Now, when you count this, and then you also count the fact that, again, the Russians have been uh, definitely confirmed to be hacking the Republican servers. Now, although older, uh, unused information, yet they are still involved in a way that not, that's not necessarily, you know, necessarily hurtful. Uh, they're obtaining information, but they're not necessarily, you know, releasing this information. So this is starting to become very interesting. If you're paying attention, this is why I'm trying to point this stuff out to you guys. Now, Cohen, as far as what he did as well, um, he also set up payments that were used to silence women who had sexual affairs with the president. Now, the three women he paid off, uh, well, the three notable women, uh, were Stephanie Clifford, Stormy Daniels, uh, and also Karen McDougal, all worked within the adult entertainment industry. So this is what your band Trump is doing. This is this not I'm not going to judge him so much for this, but so much for his weak ass tax cut. But I see why. So anyways, Cohen and the CEO, uh, Mr. Pecker, they arranged payments of one hundred thirty thousand and one hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars, two payments of one hundred thirty thousand um, dollars that was sent to one of them was sent to, I believe, Stephanie Clifford and Stormy Daniels. And I believe uh, McDougal got the one hundred fifty thousand uh, dollar checks sent to her yeah they busting checks out here yo so trick ass white men i'm saying it yep i'm gonna say it this more i'm gonna say it today trick ass white men they messed up the game i said it come come get me come get it come get me trick ass white men with money then, then fucked up the game because they ain't never had nothing else they ain't had no swag no real soul no real no real game to get out abroad this is how they gotta do and they all get the nasty hoes that know gonna be nasty and be telling Come on, I ain't got, come on, man. And he only gave us a 2%. He only gave the working class, the real the real people busting their ass. I'm going to be honest with you. Busting their ass, you and I, and we only get 2% of the tax cut. Bruh, you not mad? And he and he tricking off on the hoes? Y'all need to be, y'all, I can't. I'm not going to mess with y'all. 
Y'all keep trying to put him on. I can't. I'm going to start really. It's not about being mad. It ain't about that. It's about common common sense, dude. The man is tricking off on hoes. But we only did a 2% tax cut. And he cut healthcare education. Y'all, y'all tripping. Y'all tripping. So overall, with all the charges against Cohen, he's facing 65 years. And it's a safe bet to say that Trump ain't messing with him right now. Of course, he's this is himself. But, of course, that's what he's going to do. But, you know, I don't remember the quote verbatim, but damn, the the, tang- the webs that we weave be tangled and all that. There's some bullshit going on. I keep trying to tell people. They think I'm crazy. They think, oh, it's all. I don't trust Putin. I think your boy Trump don't know what he's doing. He's being finessed by a political, by a political, um, I, I don't know what to call Putin right now, but... He's a finesser, and he's trying to finesse Trump already. They already, they already been hacking Republicans too. Yeah, I believe what's going on is that they, they might be in some joint unison. I don't know. It's very suspicious because remember last couple weeks ago, I told you guys that they already had a Kremlin agent and her family meeting up with NRA agents during the 2016 election in Moscow. Y'all think it's a lie? I tell you, go look it up. Don't, don't, don't just go my word for it. It's out there. Now, they're going to call it alternative media and fake news. That's why they call it fake news, because it's, you got to remember what it's talking about. No, not everything. Not everything that mainstream media puts out there is worthwhile. I think really what the problem with mainstream media is they like to promote a lot of non real news shit. That's the main thing. And it's easy for the conservatives to say, well, y'all going to promote all the bullshit anyway. So we can just we can just discredit that because you put on the bullshit and they do. Liberal media decides they want to put promote everything and, and they get too they get too far out just like the conservatives do. That's why you have to find some type of median. I keep trying to tell people, have an open mind to this. Don't let either side try to sway you. But when you see this man cashing out for these hoes, then got the nerve to only give us the working class a two percent tax cut, that's a bum. He ain't my friend. He ain't my friend. He's a trick. None of my friends are tricks. Sorry. We don't believe in that. I'm about to ask Eddie. Nah, he ain't gonna tell. He gonna tell me how he'd never do something like that. Nope. Carlos, nope. So, no. Uh, uh-uh. uh. No, I don't mess with Cuz. You can keep trying to put him on and keep trying to tell me what he's doing. Nah, nah. There's a lot of bullshit and it's about to come out. Sorry. And like Amarosa, like I said the other day, Amarosa's not doing nobody a favor. We already pretty much knew he had shit up his sleeve. So I don't even know why we acting all surprised. I'm not necessarily surprised. I'm more so starting to get kind of pissed off that he's still in president. That's all. The only thing I can do, though, is, is wait till election time, I guess. Oh, and also get, a, get active, people, in your midterm elections, too. Uh, remember that there's three branches of government. Okay, they're currently in the process of hiring a, uh, I'm sorry, a Supreme Court justice. That's your, uh, if I'm not mistaken, your uh, the last uh, the last branch of government, the judicial, yeah, the judicial branch. So y'all need to be careful with that. Okay, this is stuff that's going on in the world right now. Fuck Kardashian. I don't care about what happened at the MTV Awards necessarily. I don't care about Cardi B's ass. That's what I saw on Facebook today. But your president is paying off the hoes. 
and only giving you 2% of tax cuts and they don't want to give you no type of health care and then got the farm, had to bail out the farmers because of the tariff war. That's that's the facts. So we're going to take a break. I'm going in. Um, I'm going to come back with some NFL. Just a, uh, just a quick division preview. We're going to be talking about the NFC East. And then we have a basketball story to share as well. Guess who's going to decide to move? We'll get to that in a minute. All right, y'all. We'll be right back. All right now, y'all. So we're back. We're going to get right into it. We got some NFL to talk about. And we're going to get into the NFC East preview. Now, um, just because of my schedule, I might not be able to get to every well, I won't be able to get to every, every preseason game, but I'll definitely be able to provide you guys with these previews just uh, as a precursor to the season, just as a as a season warm up, just so you guys, you know, know what's going on before the start of the season. Um, whatever games I can cover, I will though. So look out for those as well. All right though, let's get right into it. In terms of the standings last year, we all pretty much know how the NFC East played out. Uh, the Eagles they finished thirteen and three. Uh, if you weren't too sure of the record. But we all know they won the Super Bowl. They beat the Patriots. Now at number two, we got the Cowboys coming in at nine and seven. I think they just missed out, missed out on the playoffs last year. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, they did. And then we have uh, the Redskins coming in at three, seven, and nine. And then at the the last spot, the Giants fell off the face of the earth at three and thirteen. Now thinking about it, you know, going right into it, um, I don't. Well, I do have a favorite. I guess I'll just you know go with the you know last year's winners the Eagles. Uh, in terms of you know who they added and who they lost, they didn't lose a whole lot of uh a, you know a whole lot of great players. Uh, they did lose linebacker Michael Kendricks, but then they added uh, defensive end Marcus Bennett, and then they also added another wideout Marcus Wheaton, which should definitely help out Nick Foles, who's pretty much going to be the starter going into the first, at least the first couple of weeks of the season. Now, the biggest question mark with them, though, is going to be Carson Wentz. Can he come back? And also, um, you know, what is that running game going to look like? You know, is it still going to be able to produce like it did last year? That's another big question for me. So, Look, I I have the biggest questions there, but so far I have I have the massive favorite. Now, one team that could be at least an underdog, I would have to go with Dallas. Of course, they got rid of um Des Bryant and Jason Witten retired. There was some big rifts there, especially developed by Des Bryant, as we could see over time. Uh, but with that being said, he still was a fan favorite. But at the same time. You know, his production did significantly dip, and I think that's what led to his official, you know, eventual departure and him having to leave. And the and the receiver that they got to replace him, albeit I don't think that they're all stars, but I think together, along with somebody as adequate, at least in terms of passing the ball as Dak Prescott is, I'm not saying he's, you know, if anything, he's a poor man's Russell Russell Wilson, in my opinion. You know, he has somewhat of a similar skill skill set. Skill set. Uh, I just think that Russell Wilson has won the big more big time games, and he's already you know established himself by winning, and he already has that leadership mentality. I don't think Dak Prescott has even reeled in Ezekiel Elliott, which is going to be another big thing for them. He's still getting into some off-the-field off trouble. He still hasn't really gotten focused just strictly on playing the game of football. 
And hopefully for them, it doesn't come back to haunt them because, you know, things like that, they end up doing that. And it's unfortunate that somebody with that much talent just can't seem to get it right. And um, but I don't think at this point he holds them back just yet. I think he's able to start the season off for them. Uh, And I definitely think they start off pretty well. I think that they're they're also bringing in. they're bringing back, excuse me, Randy Gregory. And there's been much hype about the defensive line with him and Demarcus Lawrence. So look for that to be a, a key solid factor for them as, as well. They also drafted the Taco Charlton a couple, about a year or so ago. So that's going to help. They're going to develop that O line itself with Eloni Keeley as well. It's going to. It's going to be much more to develop that defensive line, that is. And they already have one of the best offensive lines in football. And when you can control the, the trenches, you become one of the better teams out there. There's, they definitely have questions along the secondary, I think. But for the most part, I think they should be solid enough to at least challenge in the NFC East. And if Carson Wentz happens to have a slump or Nick Foles has a slump coming out the gate, and, um, and mind you, uh, the Eagles added some good players defensively. They got it, Elodie and Gata, if I'm not mistaken. But these these are older guys. Not to take nothing away from them. Not to say that they can't play. But again, you know, once you get older, the risk of energy, uh, injury is higher. Also, you know, the energy factor. How much energy do you think these these 33, 34 year old guys have just physically, you know, just to withstand the whole seven? And, and, and Lodi and Gata is pretty up there in age. So um, not to take away too much from them, but I don't know. You know, I, I you know, I, I'm not I'm not sold. Uh, I mean, well, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sold on the fact that I trust Nick Foles and I do trust Carson Wentz to be, you know, a hundred percent ready to go when he's healthy. That's what I trust. Everything else, I, that can go, that's up for grabs in terms of their defense, you know, and it's hard for teams to go back to back and, and repeat. And I can't say that they have the roster that just says that screams to me that they're just going to repeat a Super Bowl. That's just me. Um, in terms of two a sleeper, I gotta go with two. Of course, uh, that would be the two rest of the teams here. Uh, we got the Redskins and the Giants. They both make a, a cause for me. Um, Odell Beckham is returning for the Giants. Of course, he doesn't have a new contract, so that's gonna be interesting. Now they do have a a, a solid receiving core with Sterling Shepard, and they also got Evan Ingram coming back. He had sixty four catches, six, uh, seven hundred and seventy two yards last season, and six touchdowns. So that's solid. Now the biggest thing is the biggest uh, drawback with them is going to be their pass defense. How far has it come along in the last year? They finished near the bottom. Actually, at the bottom, yeah, 30, about 31 teams. Yeah, they finished near the bottom. Um, 32 teams in the league. Yeah, they finished at the, near the bottom uh, in pass defense. So that's going to have to be um, something that has to improve ASAP. Eli Apple was, you know, what they said, a cancer. So with him gone, though, does that mean that y'all improved? Was it because of him, or did he really just take that much away from you guys, or did you guys just really just don't play together regardless? See, that's going to be the big question because everybody made a big scene about Eli Apple and how he didn't, you know, he was immature, he didn't, you know, do this, that, and the other. But now is the time to see what you guys can do outside of that without that without that dysfunction. Um, let's see how, how far you can go. Uh, they also added 
a decent offensive tackle, Nate Solder. Uh, he's protected. I would say he's pretty damn good. He's protected. Uh, sorry, uh, Tom Brady's blind side for the past, oh, at least you know, seven, eight years, something like that. Come out of Colorado, and um, that should be of tremendous help to um, Eli Manning, who had a lot of troubles last year. A lot of people were getting in his face. He had one of the worst, well, not necessarily a bad season statistically, but of course, they weren't able to win a lot. But when you don't win a lot, you get high draft picks. And I think they, they hit something out the ballpark. They finally got a consistent running back, hopefully, with Saquon Barkley. So that's one thing you can give them. And finally, I got to look at the Redskins uh, as a sleeper pick as well. Uh, they added Alex Smith, who threw for less touchdowns than Kirk Cousins, uh, but at the same time, threw for less interceptions. He only he's thrown for the over the past three seasons. He's had 61 touchdowns and 20 interceptions. Now, mind you, he hasn't won any playoff games. But I think in a situation like this, where you know you have you have a defending champion starting a a you know a pretty much a backup um you have a team in the cowboys that's not necessarily hasn't really found their way maturity wise yet and a giants team you can say what you want i won't buy eli manning no more i've given him a pass for years you know because statistically he's not that good but i've given him a pass for years because he's won the two super Bowls. but i will not continuously tell you know, try to convince myself and try to convince the other people of the world that the Giants are going to really challenge in the NFC East and really win it. I did it last year. I tried to do it last year, and it fell flat on my face. I can't do that. Um, I'm going to go with my gut, okay? I'm going to go with my gut here. I trust the Eagles to an extent, but definitely you have some teams like the Cowboys who can, who can test them. But, again, I... You know, the, the question with Dallas will always be, in my opinion, their maturity. The questions with the Giants will be, really, how good is Eli? Really, how mature is Odell? Redskins, really, can Alex Smith lead somebody over the hump? Can he lead that team? Well, I mean, he's already... And one thing I will say, though, about Alex Smith, about all the quarterbacks that are in this division, he is the perennial, at least, division winner. You look at the AFC West, who's been winning that consistently, or you know, more than once the past four or five years. It's been Kansas City. It's been a team quarterbacked by Alex Smith. So I definitely would have to say Redskins are a sleeper. I think Darius Geis is out for the, the year with the injury, so that's not good for them, though. Uh, but they did add uh, a, good, a good cornerback, Orlando Skandrick. So defensively, they tried to, to, to make some pieces work. Just... It's just a difficult game, and um, unfortunately, I think Darius guys that might that might be enough. But you know, they they had a solid rushing game the past couple of years. I'm very interested to see what Alex Smith can do, though. That's just me. But like I said, if I if, if I were to pick a favorite today, just knowing what just knowing what I you know my my brain would want to tell me, I'm gonna go with my brain, and I'm gonna go. With the Eagles, I picked the Eagles to win the NFC East. Um, and with that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if either the if well, if the second is you know if if the Cowboys finish second, 
And, it, you know, the Redskins finished third and the Giants finished fourth, but they both have better records. Definitely wouldn't be surprised. Um, but as of now, just going with what my brain would tell me, knowing that I know Nick Foles can perform, I got to go with the Eagles as of today to win the NFC, uh, to win the NFC East. But definitely Washington is a definite sleeper for me. And of course the Cowboys are a definite dark horse if they can get their maturity right. All right, y'all, we're going to take one last break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some baseball. We're going to go over last night's scores and then we're going to be talking about some standings. And of course, a little bit more of this, this uh, AO West and the wild, wild stuff that's going on out here. So y'all come back now. Alright y'all, so we're going to wrap this up for today. We're going to go over last night's baseball scores. We're going to go over the standings as well. So let's get right into it. The Rangers lose to the A's 0-6. Chris Davis shows up once again. He has 100 RBIs. If I'm not mistaken, that's a good look. We're going to get more to that Wild Wild West in a second because the Astros beat the Mariners 3-2. The Cardinals beat the Dodgers 5-2. And they're remaining alive in that uh, in El Central race, that being the Cardinals. They're still alive in that race. The Braves, uh, six to one, they beat the Pirates. Uh, the Phillies lose to the Nationals, ten to four. The Orioles beat the Blue Jays, eight. I'm sorry, the Orioles lose to the Blue Jays, eight to two. The Indians beat the Red Sox, six to three. The Cubs lose to the Tigers, one to two. The Giants lose to the Mets. Three to six, and they're they're eight games back in the NL West. So I don't know. I was positive at first, but I don't know. I don't know about them guys. The Rays beat the uh, the Rays beat the Royals four to one. The Reds beat the Brewers nine to seven. The Twins beat the White Sox five to two in a battle of basement dwellers. So don't worry about that one. The Rockies beat the uh the, sorry the Padres beat the Rockies four to three, and the Angels beat the Diamondbacks. I'm sorry, the Angels lose to the Diamondbacks four to five. Now, let's go over these standings real quick. Uh, let's start with the American League. In the East Division, we got uh, the Red Sox on top, 88-39, 6-4 in their last 10. Again, they, they're pretty much head and shoulders the best team in the division. They got that division. This is their, I mean, they got it. They're, I, I would pretty much say that they're, they're, they're wrapped up there. The biggest question would be the uh, first and second uh, wild card spot. So uh, going in right to the next team there, we got the Yankees, 79 and 46 in the number two. Um, eight games back, they've gone 73 in their last 10. So they're definitely doing enough to to keep a to keep a stranglehold on that first wild card spot. So they're definitely gonna be in that game. If the season ended today, they'd be in that game. Uh third, we got the Rays coming in at 65, 61, Blue Jays and Orioles coming up the bottom two slots. Blue Jays sitting there at 57 to 69. Orioles sitting there at 37 to 89. Let's move on to the AL Central. The Indians are on top. Uh, 73 and 52. They're 91 in their last 10. So they're they're pretty much hot. They're gonna they're gonna take this division pretty much. Uh, the Twins are sitting there 13 games back, 16 and 65. 73 in their last 10. But I think there's not enough games left to make up, in my opinion. Not 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 that not that wide of a margin. Then we got the Tigers. Uh, they have 52 uh, 52 74. They're sitting at number three. The White Sox are at number four at four, uh, 47 and 78. And we got the Royals sitting there at 38 and 88. Now, in terms of the West, this is the exciting part of baseball. In my in my opinion, this is this is where baseball, real baseball is played. 
the two top teams are tied at the moment. The A's and the Astros sitting there dead even. Of course, games are rolling on today, so these are not these standings are not necessarily set in stone. Um, um, excuse me, but the A's, uh, they're six, uh, 76 and 50. Like I said, they're both 76 and 50. Uh, the A's, in terms of their last 10, if I'm not mistaken, they're either 8 and 2 or 73. And they've been back, they've been like that for the past couple of weeks, uh, at least for the past, past month or so. So, when I, like I said, like I said, a good trajectory to look at in terms of how well a team is doing and how well a team might do is to look at, constantly be looking at their record in their last 10 games. If they're constantly if they're constantly at six games, seven games, uh, six games or more, then they have a, they're going to probably have a decent record and maintain that decent or you know winning record. If they start to see five wins or less, they're probably not doing that great at, as of recently, and it's they're probably struggling a lot. And that's normally the case. So let's move. Let's move on. At number at the number three spot, we have the Mariners. They're sitting there at seventy two and fifty five. They're about four four and a half games back of both these teams. Now they have a they still have a chance to win the division, and they have a chance to get the wild card. Uh, but in all reality, it looks like if the, if the season were to end today, uh, it looks like. The A's would probably be given a division just because of their their hot streak, and the Astros would be given the wild card, and they would be facing the Yankees. Again, you know the season is not over yet, and the Mariners do have a shot, but again, it's a little bit of a of a long one. All right, so moving at the bottom of the of the AL West, we got the Angels at sixty three and sixty four, and then we also have the Rangers sitting there at fifty six and seventy two. They just weren't able to get in together this year in terms of the nl let's go to the nl east uh, we're going to start like i said like i said starting with the nl east we have the braves on top 70 and 55 six and four in their last 10 and their their number two rival is going to be the phillies at the moment they're sitting there at 60 yeah 68 and 57 for six in their last 10 so they're right on the heels the question is can they stay consistent four and six i will look at that again We'll have to see how this week goes, and let's see how they transition into the next week. But they are on their heels. The question is, can they get a couple games in a row, you know, to go in their favor and get a, a streak, possibly a streak going at least 10 games or so. Um, we got the Nats uh, coming in at three at the third spot, uh, 63 and 63, seven and a half games back. They're four and six in their last 10. I don't know. Um, they've been they've been iffy the whole season. Um about a month ago, uh, this division was pretty close. Uh, but over the course of, like I said, the course of the month, uh, it looks as though the Braves have kind of, you know, solidified their spot amongst the top. And it looks like, you know, the Nationals can't really stay consistent. So they might, they might. They might be done at this point. Uh, coming in at four, we got the Mets fifty-five and seventy, and then we got the Marlins coming in at fifty and seventy-seven. Moving on to the Central, we got the Cubs on top, seventy-one and fifty-three, five and three in their last ten. The Cardinals are at two; they're the hot team right now. They're uh, two and a half games back, and they're seventy and fifty-seven, but they're eight and two in their last ten. And I think that heat, that streak continues. Uh, something about the late summer, where just certain teams, certain teams that 
have that that's won something before, or certain teams that just have a knack for just getting hot. There's just certain teams that just have a knack for getting hot later in the summer. Again, like I said, it's usually a team that's either won a title before, who has a history of winning titles, or if you're just the A's, you just happen to just look up and just happen to get hot during the warm weather months. I don't know what it is. It's just something that happens. The Cardinals can be that team from time to time. And if the Cubs aren't careful, then they're going to be looking at a wild card spot. And But with that being said, I think they pretty much, if it were to end today and they were to somehow lose it to the Cardinals, they'd probably get a wild card spot. But again, you don't want to play. You don't want those odds. You don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to have wild card odds. You want to have that break in between. If I, you know, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so uh, at the third spot, we got the Brewers, seventy and fifty-eight. They are still trying for that first playoff berth. I think it'd be in about a decade. They're still. They're still trying. They're three games back. Uh, they are four and six in their last ten. Though. So that's not a good sign. They're gonna have to get consistent. They're gonna have to get, find some way to get hot again. Um, or they're gonna they gotta risk missing those playoffs. But again, um, you know, in the win column, they're all at seven. They're I mean, the Cardinals and the Brewers are at seventy. It's just a loss column that you know is gonna throw things off. So you know, because of that, they're three they're three games back. But um, again, it's just because of their consistency. They're four and six in the last ten. You can't do that at this point in the uh, the season. You gotta you gotta put all those game uh, these games together. These games mean something. So if they don't get it together, then you know. But then again, you have some time. And again, they're not that far away. They're three games back, so they have hope. They do have hope. Now, bringing up the the rear, we have the Pirates at sixty three and sixty four, and we also have the Reds at fifty six and seventy. Now let's get to the NL West. Uh, the Diamondbacks are sitting on top, seventy and fifty six, six and four in the last ten. Uh, the Colorado Rockies are at second; they're at sixty eight and fifty seven. That puts them at a game and a half back, and they're six and four in the last ten. And you also have the Dodgers at six and three. They're at third third place, uh, sixty seven and sixty three and a half games back. But they've gone three and seven in their last game. So you can see the trajectory of pretty much all three teams. Um, at this point in time, it looks like the Rockies might just want it more. We'll have to see. Again, you know the Dodgers do always get the, the superstars, but the question is getting them to to play together and. Uh, you know they they haven't always been that team to play to play that that great together, so it's gonna be interesting to see. Uh, then you got the Giants at fourth, uh, they're sixty two and sixty five. I think they're out of it. Uh, they're about eight and a half games back. Yeah, they, I don't know. Yeah, four and six in the last ten. I think they're done. I think they're done. And then uh, finally at the bottom we got uh, the Padres. 50 and 60, uh, four, I'm sorry, 50 and 78, we already know that's, that's a wrap for them, that's, that's done, that's done, guys, all right, y'all, we're gonna wrap it up for today, and, um, the next show, well, actually, I'm working on a review right now, I'm working on another review, I'm gonna be reviewing, uh, Young Guns, uh, solid movie from the late 80s, uh, I think, uh, I, one of my one of the movies I like. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. Charlie Sheen, Emilio Estevez, Lou Diamond Phillips, a couple other people. So we're gonna talk about that as well a couple days down the line. And um yeah, oh and we are also gonna cover uh the Clippers. The Clippers have decided to move uh in the next couple of years. So we're gonna talk about that as well, y'all. So we'll be back soon, y'all. Peace out. Mm.